Do I have your attention? Are you interested? I know you are because it's closer. Hit the bricks, people. That's right. Today, we are walking you through the ADA model for communication right here, right now on Air Brands. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the On Air Brand Show. I am Todd Genitasio along with my co-host, Amber Furman. Amber, what's going on today? What's going on, Todd? Um, so I'm laughing because we all prepare for this show differently. And we, we talk for a few minutes before, and then in, you start the show, <laughs> and I watch you get ready to start the show, right? And the voice exercises we all do. And yeah. like, and I was I was thinking, like, I just want... Rob to start this show like in the middle of that I was doing a little <laughs> and then you start the show with do I have your attention I'm like what better way to get their attention than yeah. to start the show in the middle of Todd's warm-up I have to say I am also a little nervous I was a little nervous with that one because if you're not familiar Amber I love to hear this is that's that is the classic speech from Alec Baldwin in Glen Gary Glen Ross when he starts giving it to all the sales guys and teaching them the AIDA framework which we're talking about are you are you a glenn gary glenn ross fan or is that I'm not in the in not the, but i feel oh, like okay. i should be you should definitely watch it it's a great great movie uh very quick and easy watch and all legendary actors in that film uh highly recommend but one of the things that baldwin says it's it's the classic i'm sure you've seen some uh iteration of the abc always be closing that's yeah that's, yeah that's the scene. That's where he talks about AIDA. Uh, in the movie, he says, action, interest, decision. Uh, I'm sorry, attention, interest, decision, action. There's another iteration that's also action. Jeez, uh, I'll keep talking backwards. Attention, interest, and desire, action, right? So, but really what it comes down to that we're talking about today is this, uh, this framework that's very popular for sales and marketing. And it's called, you know, it, it's the AIDA framework. And the whole premise is based on what we've always talked about in different ways here is about how do you really communicate with someone so that they receive the message and the value and it persuades them to move forward in their journey to becoming a customer. And with this framework, there's there's really two ways that we can look at it. And I want to look at it at a, at a macro level and at the micro level. And we talk about our customer journey from the AIDA model. And that's moving someone from being a complete stranger. They don't know who you are. How do we get their attention? How do we build a relationship and show them and get them interested in what we're talking about? How do we create a desire or get them to make a decision in terms of moving forward and taking action? And then ultimately, how do we get them to take that action? And so that happens kind of if we look horizontally on a customer journey type of thing, like a step-by-step -step moving them forward, that's the macro level. But then each individual communication touch point message that they see also has that same attention, interest, desire, action, right? Like every, every Facebook post, every Instagram ad, every YouTube video, every blog post, every phone call, every conversation needs to get their attention, get them interested to pay attention for longer, create a desire, get them making a decision that they want to take the next step you're going to present to them and then give them the opportunity to take that next step and taking action, right? So it's, you know, how do we get them from 
here to there. What are the stepping stones we move them across, right? And so that's how we look at it. Each message in and of itself needs to accomplish these things. And big picture, we need people to move across this customer journey in getting more of their attention, creating their interest, desire, and getting them to take action. I'm really excited for this because first of all, I need this. I need to hear this. <laughs> and second of all, you know how much I value the intentional art of communication. And yes. this just really falls down into that. It's really interesting at the PodMax event this last weekend when we were listening to Steve Sims talk, one of the things that he said that really stuck out at me is, you know, somebody wants to go to lunch. Somebody wants to have a conversation. Okay. Why? Yeah, and I feel like we great. don't ask that question enough. Right. Yeah. Um, to, of ourselves as well. Mm -hmm. Like, why am I making this call? What's the yeah. purpose of this for me? I think that so many businesses, including mine, um, <laughs> we kind of start with this overarching goal. And then the how we pick up pieces along the way without really understanding the intentionality of it. And so I'm really, really excited to dig into this. With yeah. You. And you bring up a great point about what Steve said about why, right? So he's at a point in his career you know, he's massively successful. If you guys aren't familiar with Steve Sims, look him up. His book is Blue Fishing. Is it Blue Fish or Blue Fishing? One of those. Blue Fishing. Yeah. Um, incredible guy. All his content's great. Um, whatever you pay attention to from him will be great. But he said, you know, it's funny the way people receive different types of messages when there's not the proper context, because when someone sends him a message and says, hey, let's meet up for lunch. His reply is why? Which most people now take as like a diss, right? Like they're like, what do you mean? Oh, you F off, you know, that's how you feel about meeting me for lunch. And he's like, no, literally, I just want to know why so that we can decide, like, is this really valuable and worth our time or not? He's like, I don't, you know, he's not trying to be rude to anyone. He just doesn't care if he happens to be rude in doing it. And then once you hear him talk for two seconds, you just get that whole brashness of his whole, you know, Irish personality, which is great. Um, but when you deliver something without the proper context, if you just say, here's the action I want you to take, and you don't give the context to it, then they don't understand why they should do something and they're not going to take that action. And that's the importance of getting their attention and creating interest and desire before getting them to take action. And that's that's really the the meaning and, and value of showing up with a framework to intentionally communicate. And go ahead. Oh, no, I was just going to say also there's this no like and trust factor that people build with you. And when you get their attention and then you work them through through this desire phase, they start to realize that you truly care about the fact that your solution fixes their problem because you're mm -hmm. taking the time to understand what their problem is in yeah. order to move them through that framework, which is much different than, you know, saying that you care about the problem and then going straight to the buy phase. Yeah. And I'll even say this, like, so the attention part, we want to get someone's attention, right? Uh, that's pretty straightforward. The interest part, I think normally when it's spoken about, it's I want to get them interested in what we're talking about. But really, I'd say it's a combo because it's also to show them you are genuinely interested in helping them. And we live in this world where we're always talking about the stupid spam messages we get on LinkedIn and Facebook. And this is the thing about marketing communications that make it difficult that you have to always be paying attention and evolving how you speak and communicate because once something works well, marketers ruin everything and they start <laughs> using it when it becomes you know, disingenuine. And then people, it doesn't work anymore because it turns out like five years ago, if I received a message that said, you know, Hey Todd, 
I'm really looking to build connections and add value to the world here. And I'm just curious, how can I support you? I'd love to get on a call for 10 or 15 minutes to just like introduce ourselves and see where I can help you. Five years ago, I would have been like, damn, that's awesome. This person's super, super genuine, like looking genuine, looking to help. I'd love to connect with this person. If I, I get 10 of those messages a day now. Yeah, because, where'd you get your template from, right? Right, like, and it's yeah. just, it's because once something works, it, it gets templatized. And it's, it, that's why whatever I work, whatever I teach and coach, whatever I give our clients and our members, it's always freedom within a framework. Because yeah. if you just copy a script and blast it out, it might, if it's never been used before, it might work initially, but it, there's saturation in the marketplace. And once people see the same message, it's just like jokes, right? When someone hears a joke the first time, they're going to be belly laughing. But if they hear that same joke over and over again, if you're the 20th person who told them that joke this week, they're not going to be laughing. You know, they're yeah. going to hear this. They're not even going to listen to the punchline. They hear the setup and they're like, I, I already know that, right? right. I'm, I'm also going to add like this third eye, right? So they should almost be like an eye squared. And that's <laughs> like, once you realize that they're interested and now you're like, okay, let me show an interest in you. Then there becomes this gatekeeping requirement that you have as a business owner of, am I interested in working with you? I appreciate that you're interested in working with me. Now that I know what your problem is, am I interested in working with you? Am I the best person mm -hmm. to help you solve your problem? Because all of this goodwill that you are building up through your marketing and through word of mouth and through building an interest in them can disappear like that if you're not the right solution to their problem. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's the age old saying of, you know, 10 years of goodwill and gets broken up by one bad mistake, you know, and, and really, you know, you mentioned no, like trust. We always talk about, you know, business is all about building relationships and marketing is kind of the exercise of building relationships at scale. And really relationships take time. Like there's really nothing that can speed up the time of building a relationship and the amount of relationship equity that you need to sell to someone is based on kind of what you're asking them for. So if you sell a, you know, penny candy at the local, at the local candy shop, like we were just talking about off air, you know, you don't need to build much goodwill in the, in the relationship with your audience for them to buy a Tootsie, a, a tootsie Roll for a penny. But if you sell something for $1,000 or $10,000 or $100,000, it takes a lot more trust and interest in order to get them to take action on those kind of things. Yeah. And you know, there's those conversations out there of, you know, the first thought that comes to your mind when you're like, it takes time. And then you have that person that's thinking, okay, like how many seconds are we talking about? Right? <laughs> like, no, 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 no. It takes more time than that. Um, but we hear all the time that people that you and I talk to, they're like, I feel like I've been pushing through this for so long and that it should have happened by now. Mm -hmm. And that question kind of gets turned around and said, it's not how long you've been doing it. It's how long you've been doing it right. <laughs> so for how yes. many, how long have you been actually doing what you should be doing? Or are you like, I have been known to be in the past and thank God I'm moving past that phase where you have a product launch coming up and you're like, okay, now let's talk about this product launch. And then you have this nothing and you're focused on execution, which is admirable. But then what's <laughs> happening to all of this outreach that you're doing until your next product launch? Like that's the way most people run their marketing. Yeah, exactly. And it's just, yeah. it's taking you know, when you're not building equity in your relationship, when you're not putting value out into the marketplace first, when you're not building those relationships, when you're not digging your well before you're thirsty, you're just constantly, you're, you're drawing out of the bank. 
right? You're, you're taking money out of the relationship bank, but you're not putting any equity into it. You're not building up the value that you're giving people in order to ask, right? Like it's, you know, Gary V's jab, 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 right hook. It's like, if all you're doing is right hooking, right? It's, it's the same thing I always talk about in football. It's, are you throwing a hail Mary every single down hoping to win? Or are you moving the chains? Are you getting first downs, getting closer to the end zone so that you can run in an easier two yard touchdown, right? Like you can't just constantly throw hail Marys because if you just play it, it, you know, if you play the short term game for two years, you can't say, well, we've been at this for two years and it didn't work because you didn't play the two year game, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It is really, I mean, I know that people love to make the, share the meme that says life, business, whatever you're taking this conversation as is a marathon, not a sprint, but saying it and actually understanding it are two very, very different things. And um, it's, it's not something that's going to happen overnight. So let's dig into this for just a minute. So what does it really mean and what is involved in grabbing somebody's attention? Yeah. I and mean, we we've talked about this on a lot of previous episodes and you guys can dig in deeper on those on airbrands.com slash show, but really getting someone's attention. I think there's, there's a few easy ways to do it. It's one by calling out their self identity by calling out a specific problem that you help solve or by, by calling out a specific outcome or transformation that you help people create. Right. So, um, I've actually, I, I've been, uh, launching a new, new campaign, um, for a couple of weeks, testing out different messaging. And, you know, I, I'm a geek on copywriting. So I get into the weeds and I lose myself in it. And, and you start to overthink and you, you outsmart yourself on these things. And yesterday I launched the ad and it just like, it just was one line that said the small business CEO's guide to modern marketing and everybody's clicking it. Like, <laughs> like yeah. I outsmarted myself with all these different tests and messages. And like, sometimes you just got to say, Hey, if you're, this is for small business CEOs who are interested in modern marketing, like click here. You well, know? and it's like that, that guide word, right? Like that mm-hmm. guide, the, the keys to like, those seem to be magic words because mm-hmm. they're information based, right? Mm-hmm. So they know exactly what they're looking for when they get it. Um, I think that one of the really interesting parts of this attention grabber that we hear often, and I talk to clients about is the need to be too nice. Like if you're too mm-hmm. nice in your attention grabber, they're like, well, I don't want to rub them the wrong way. Well, sometimes rubbing them the wrong way is what it takes to get yeah. their attention. Yeah, exactly. And it, it's, you know, a pattern disrupt, right? Uh, pattern interrupt is what we're looking for. And so, you know, we, we talked about, um, you know, saturated messaging when something gets used all the time, it loses its potency. And same thing goes. So like if you're in a market that is always talking about a specific problem, if you join in, you're just joining in that noise, right? You're going to get lost in it. They've seen it before they brush it off. So there is a level of markets, uh, marketplace sophistication where the same simple things don't work. And then you do have to do these pattern interrupts and get a little clever where like analogies and stories can come into play. Right. And so if you are in a place that you need to stand out, you could, you know, get some crazy looking kind of uh, video or imagery that really pops and gets attention and hook them in as an analogy, right? So like actually the the video for the ad that I'm talking about, uh, oddly enough, is something I recorded like five years ago, but it's me in the office and I have like three computers around me and I'm holding my phone and I'm spinning in my office chair and saying like, we live in a world full of screens and your business is not on any of them. <laughs> 
right? That and so hurts, like, man. That and, that like I feel like this is directed towards <laughs> me. Thanks, Todd. And but it's it's like you know there there is the the visual disruption of the spinning and the calling out and highlighting and 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 being blunt and saying like, hey, you have this problem and being more straightforward on it. And so you know I always like to start off clear and simple, and then based on how the market reacts, if you need to be more abrupt, you know, take a, you know, the Steve Sims approach of just going straight up direct to people, you know, just call it out um, directly. So I think those are, those are ways that are proven to get attention is call out how they self-identify, whatever the name of that group of people is, um, speak to problems specifically, tell stories uh, that will resonate with them that sound familiar. That's maybe more in the interest uh, piece of what we'll talk about here. Um, And if you are in a saturated market where the jokes have been told so many times, everyone knows the setup, change the setup, right? Um, There's an an amazing running joke in the comedy world. Are you familiar with the aristocrats joke? Yes. So it's a great documentary for anybody who's who's never heard of it. Check it out. Um, But in in a nutshell, it's the punchline is, a family goes into a talent agency, they do a bunch of wild stuff, and then they say, the aristocrats at the end. Um, and But every comedian tells a different wild part of the story. And there's a documentary about it, and I don't know, a hundred different comedians or something, all the fame, all, you know, all the classic guys all tell their version of the aristocrats joke. And, um, and it's kind of the same thing where we have to take it to that level from communication where there's a, the same punchline at the end, but everybody tells it differently to get attention, to stir up emotion and, and get people engaged in the story and then hit them with the, with the punchline at the end. Um, but I mentioned telling stories, so that's how we can get attention. Now, when we move into creating interest, right, and and primarily the you know the main eye of the framework that we're talking about here is how do you get someone interested in l- learning more, following along, engaging with what you're talking about, and that's number one. I would say is showing them that you're interested in them, and also you know telling stories that will resonate. So when you can be familiar, when you can show them familiarity and clarify things that they're experiencing it makes them feel like you understand them. And when they feel understood, they'll be interested to hear more, right? There's this old saying that's like, if you, you don't know, even if you don't know how to solve a problem, if you can clearly describe a problem to someone really well, they assume you know how to solve it and they wanna learn more from you. So when you can tell stories that will keep people engaged and, and show them you understand what they're going through and where they wanna go, then that's really how you kind of create the interest in them paying attention. And they're like, oh, okay, yeah, I want, you know, you have my attention for two seconds. Now you have my attention for two minutes. Now, how do we, you know, create desire and taking that next action step? And here's the key in the desire and action is you can't sell someone at the wrong time. So if yes. we put out the first message, right, if your first cold LinkedIn message does, you know, gets attention well, tells an interesting story, and then says, click here to buy it for $1,000, you're going to fall flat because you haven't built up the relationship yet. You're asking for marriage before you've even gone on a date. So you have to understand which action should happen at which part of the relationship and customer journey stage. And so in the beginning, it's just getting a reply from someone, right? Getting them to show, yes, I'm interested. Let's keep talking. Or yes, that that article you just met, mentioned sounds like something I'd want to read. Or that that video that you said is good. It has some good value to it. I'd like to see it. Um, so 
moving them along each step is super important. Like I talk about in, in one of my um, training programs, talking about communication stages, you know, I, I show this picture, a uh, beautiful romantic scene with a guy on the beach and the sunset behind them proposing to his, you know, proposing to a girl. And I say, what, what do we think of this uh, scene here? Oh, it looks very romantic. They're in love. He's proposing. It's like, well, what if I told you that that guy was just waiting in the bushes there on the side <laughs> for any random girl to come over and he's going to pop out with the ring and propose? It's like, well, they're going to say no. So it's all about like doing all those right things at the right time, right? So you don't want to ask for the sale too soon. You want to be able to move ever, move them forward in the customer journey, right? So that you can continue to build relationship equity. Yeah, there's so much going through my mind right now. And, you know, probably the big overarching thing that's going through all of this is that we spend so much at the beginning part of our business journey trying to fit into a box and compare ourselves to other people and figure out the way to do it. And what I'm hearing you say is that the way to get somebody's attention is to be real and authentic and transparent and different and you. So you, like, you have to take yourself out of that box that you just spent the first however many years of your business <laughs> getting yourself in, right? And you mm -hmm. don't fit in it anyway. So it's right. uncomfortable right. and like you're squished in there, mm -hmm. right? And so now you got to work your way out of that and become you again. And what's really interesting about this is like you did gain some followers while you were in that box and now you're pulling yourself out of that and saying, God, I can't live in there anymore because I can't breathe. And all of a sudden the followers you gained are like, what is happening to Amber? <laughs> because she just did a total 180, right? Yeah. So this, I, this need to be different and unique and just yourself, whatever that is, um, we need to embrace that again. Yeah, totally. And that's also part of what creates more connection with people, right? We tell it all the time. When you can give more background, more analogies, more stories about your life, it creates a, a stronger connection with your audience, right? Like when you're in business and you're whatever you're selling, if you talk about, you know, this weekend, my kids were in the bounce house and when the bounce house was blowing up, they wanted to be in it, but they got into the bounce house too soon. So it wouldn't blow up. And isn't that a lesson we can all learn? And it's like, Oh, that resonates with parents who have kids in the bounce house age. Right? Like, and that creates a stronger connection, um, with the people we're communicating with. And we always say it over and over your vibe attracts your tribe. And what's awesome about it is it's also the key to avoiding burnout right? Like yeah. if you have to pretend to be someone or act it's exhausting. differently, it's exhausting. But when you can yeah. just show up as yourself, flip on the camera and talk, or, you know, send out an email, like it's to a friend, it's, it's quick, it's easy. And it's a light, right? Like it happens yeah. with ease. Yeah. I don't know if this is the place to admit this, but it's too late now. Um, your, your bounce house story. Like I got a little offended when you said parents, because I, as an adult <laughs> know exactly what it feels like to get in a bouncy house way too early. Right. Like <laughs> I feel like every adult needs to have at least one bouncy house party in their, in their adult lifetime. Right. Yeah, to well, remember I what it was like to be a kid. Yeah, totally. And I love, so the bounce house we have can basically fit like our two little kids and one adult at a time. And, uh, and sometimes I like to just get carried away. Like you said, just like feel that fun of being a kid. And I will just like full speed run and launch myself <laughs> into it and like land on my back. And the way it blows up is on, so on the side, like the ho the air hose goes into it, but then there's another, another like opening that you have to tie in a knot, which I don't understand why it is even, that's why it's set up. But so I jump full speed, full weight, like hit the thing. And I just 
hit the ground. And I'm like, oh my God, I just popped it. What happened? I'm like, and not like in three seconds in my head, I'm like, oh my God, I just popped it. Okay, no problem. I'll go on Amazon. We'll have a new one by tomorrow. Like that's all running through my head. And then I realized that what happened was I just blew out the the string that was tied on the side. I was like, phew, all right, that's... That's good. Now, off yeah. the rails here, but I had to tell I'll, that story. Well, quickly. hell, we've already talked about the fact that we need the sound for off yeah. the rails, right? Um, the other thing that was really popping through my head when you were talking is this interest conversation, right? Mm -hmm. um, have you read um, uh, Never Split the Difference? Not yet. I have listened to a lot of Chris Voss interviews, though. Um, I love that book. And one of the things that really stuck out at me from it was when you're working with somebody making it, you know, it's not me and you against this problem. It's this problem, right? Uh -huh. Yeah. Like, he posted that on Instagram the other yeah. day. Actually, I saw that. So when, when you're talking about interest and getting people to understand, like, how can you join this alliance to solve your client's problem if you don't understand the problem? And so really it's not, here's my solution to your problem. It's, this is a problem that's existing. Let's solve it together. And I feel like that's the place that we need to get to with the interest conversation. Yeah, totally. And it's the same thing as, you know, if you, uh, prescription before diagnosis is malpractice. So if you start, you know, telling people to buy your product before you hear what their problem is or what they're trying to accomplish, that's malpractice. Right. And, How and many people do that? And it's so sad. 99% like, of the world. I would love to know if the people listening to this have, I mean, it's 930 on the West Coast right now, and I still will stand by the statement. How many of you have opened up your social media today, any platform and gotten a message from somebody that you have never talked to that thinks they can solve a problem that they have never talked to you about? Because yeah. like that that's that's the way it's done right now. And it doesn't work. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't work. It doesn't work. So in in getting people interested, you know, we tell these stories to show that we don't ask too soon, right? Like the messages I get all the time, like you're talking about are like what the first message, like it comes with the message with the friend request and it's, you know, four paragraphs long and it's all about their, their services. Here's what we do. Here's a look at our portfolio of our blah, blah, blah. And it's like, dude, what do you, I can't even read all this. Like you have to take it in baby steps and, and really like open a conversation, have a conversation, and then you can start talking about the, those things, but you can't do it too soon. Okay. So I have to, I have to go into story time for a minute. A Let's friend of it. mine called me one day and was like, Amber, like you are not going to believe the most ridiculous conversation I just had with somebody on LinkedIn. They messaged me and said, Hey, I think our, our solution is a pro or I think our product is a solution to your problem. And she responded and said, how could you possibly know that if you have never talked about my problem <laughs> and really engaged in this conversation? And he's like, no, just give me like five minutes and we'll talk about this. And she says, I'll give you five minutes if you'll give me five minutes to talk about my solution, right? Like, let's make yeah. this. So then she, he realizes that um, this is not going to happen. He's like, well, here, why don't you, <laughs> if, you <laughs> if you need to know more about our solution to see if it fits your problem, go and watch this video. <laughs> and she says, how long's the video? And he says, 45 minutes. And she's like, whoa, I don't want to give you five. Yeah. So you want me to spend 45 on a video Yikes. to find out whether I think your solution fits my problem instead of you finding out whether my problem fits your solution. Like yeah. what about this makes sense? Like yeah. what? So anyways, when you're talking, that's what's going through my head is like, 
it is not our customer's job Right. to find out whether their problem fits into our solution. It's our job to figure out whether our solution fits into their problem. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, and don't ask them to watch a 45-minute video to figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. You know what? That makes sense. If you've, if you've had a productive DM conversation for like 25 minutes and you've, ident and you've done the diagnosis through that conversation, it's, then it becomes, a, hey, you know what? We have this 45 minute video that that actually will help you with those three things you just you just mentioned were an issue. If you want to check it out, I can send you the link. Yes, okay, I'd be interested. Then you can send the link. And then from the video, then you you know, you're building a relationship. You're planting, you know, you're you're harvesting the seeds here. You're you're dripping the breadcrumbs out for them to come along. But it's one at a time and it's at, and it's doing the right things at the right time of the journey. You know, and I think right right things in right time is when we get into creating desire. One of the big things that I think people miss out on is they think that information will create desire and help someone make a decision to move forward. But in reality, it is not information, right? Like we can't, if, if all we needed was information, we'd all be billionaires with six pack abs, right? <laughs> and what we need to do is have a paradigm shift in the way we think about something. We need to have an emotional shift in the way we're thinking about something so that we are going to move from our current status quo into being, you know, having that desire for what it is that you're about to present them. And that's a huge thing that people miss out on is they're like, okay, we got their attention. We had a conversation and I told some stories. And so here's the information about the product. Do you want to buy it? And it can't, it can't be done through information. It has to be done through paradigm shifting conversations, which is something I know you're very familiar with. Yeah. And, you know, this goes back to our conversation that we had a few episodes ago about, you know, your why versus your client's why, yep, right? Exactly. And too many people go into the desire phase with the information about why they built the program. Mm -hmm. And when you're giving that information, the answers are in the why you built the program, right? Like, sure, you built it because, you know, but you're giving these specifics and information and your customer is going, great, I think that that's amazing that you built this. Good for you? Right. Like, I, I don't know what else to say to that. But yeah. when you say, like, they don't need to know all the details and all the information. They need to know that they're going to experience a solution to their problem. The rest they don't care about. I think that this also comes with like, and, and we'll either get into this on this episode or another one, depending on whether you want to answer it now, but people too often want to throw out that conversation about money too soon, mm -hmm. where let your client tell you what's important to them. Because yeah. if your solution solve, if, if your product solves their problem, the price then doesn't matter. The price doesn't matter. Yeah. So when you start saying, well, it's only this much, you're telling me that that's the amount of value that you see in your program. Yeah. Price the, and value are not the same thing. No, they're not. And I can't tell you how many times I have been all in on something as a consumer and then some like they have my credit card number and we haven't even talked about price yet because yeah. it doesn't matter to me. Yep. Um, and then all of a sudden they're like, Hey, this is the amount it's going to be. And I'm like, cool, sweet, sweet. Like, right. Doesn't yeah, do it. Great. So, so like also we can either like dig that in now or we can talk about it on another episode, but when's that right time to bring up that price conversation when you're getting to that desire? Yeah, I think that's a great point. And again, like it, it comes down to zooming out and looking 
at the macro journey that we're talking about, right? The left to right forward, you know, uh, beginning to end customer journey and having the price conversation is very interesting. We definitely can have a whole episode in this. If you have the price conversation too soon, it's going to anchor the wrong thing. Now, first of all, some businesses you have to, right? So like in our business, we do, you know, marketing and, and website building and all that kind of stuff. There are people who think or who have a $500 budget for uh, a new website and you can do so you you can get a website built for $500 a, a totally different way and a totally different website. That's not the type of stuff we do. That's not the type of marketing we do. So we do pre-qualify and say and and you got to feel this out, which is also about having an engaged conversation. Is does do I think this person understands that we're talking in the, you know, in the whatever five figures what, what five in the in the five figure range of this stuff um or do they think that like this is going to be $200 right based on that i will throw out like hey before we waste each other's time any further like i just want to make sure we're in the same ballpark we're talking about something you know it's all over depending on what we're talking about we're talking about something between like 4 and $9,000 like if your mind was set if you were thinking it was going to be like 500 bucks then i don't want to waste any more of your time but if you're if that's kind of in the range of what you were thinking then we can continue the conversation. So in that in that particular setting, and that has to be a live conversation, like you can't do that on your sales page, right? Unless you've already predetermined that you get a lot of traffic to your sales page that's unqualified. But that's the one caveat I'll say. But otherwise, it's all about at showing the value and taking them past their problem into the future so that they feel that their pain has been solved and that they are living in this new future that you've created. And they're like, yeah, this is exactly what I want. How much is it like, is yeah. it within, is it within reason? Then, then yes, let's do it. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's really interesting because so many times, um, and I think Todd, you and I can both agree that the reason that we know this is because we're looking back at who we used to be when we started. Right. Totally. So none of this is like, Hey, you dummy. Yeah. Right. Like we've yeah. just been there. Yeah. So I think that so many times people are like, but, it's only, it's only this, this much. And then what you're, what you're making your client do is say that amount, let's say like 60 bucks. Am I willing to spend that amount on the chance that my problem might be solved? Mm -hmm. Whereas if you've done it right, there's no question yeah. that your problem is going to be solved and the amount doesn't matter. And so right. you're right. We could do a whole episode on this, but I wanted to throw it into a little yeah. minute conversation now because I think yeah. it's so important in this AIDA line yes. that you don't drop that too soon. Yeah. And that comes into it. And that's why we need to build the desire part first, right? Is that we're showing them, you mentioned the proof, like they're going to want it if they're confident that this is going to solve their problem. And so that's what has to happen there. And, you know, we've been having conversations around um, sales pages in, in with some of our clients and you see these sales pages online for stuff and they're super long. And when you look at them, not as a, as a potential client, you're not, you haven't been marketed to someone just sends you and says like, Hey, check this out. You look and go, I'm not checking this out. This is super long. Why would anyone ever buy from this? You know, who reads long sales pages, people who buy stuff. Yeah but they don't read them out of the blue. They read them after there has been a I and half of the D in the journey. And now they want to dive deeper 
so that they understand everything before they take action, right? So again, this is a perfect example of like a sales page needs to be structured in AIDA in the, in the sections of the page itself, but also the sales page should be like the 50th thing that they see when they've started communicating with you, right? Like they should have seen a, a couple dozen social media posts and a bunch of emails. You've had a couple phone calls with them. They go to the sales page because they're basically on the fence. They're climbing up the fence. The sales page is going to get them on the fence and over the fence to buying. Yeah, absolutely. And we talked about this a little bit towards the end of the PodMax show when we were talking about the difference between that logical and that emotional yeah. side of things. And that sales page is that logic, right? They've yep. already decided that they want it. They've already made that emotional jump in. And now they're like, hey, can you send me some information so I can logically justify this purchase? Because we all have to think that we're acting logically hate to tell you it's all emotional. It's all emotion. We just all emotional. We justify with our logic, right? And yeah, absolutely. You know, so one thing I just want to reiterate the importance of like not trying to create desire by giving information, but by pre by by putting a new context and frame around th the thinking around the problem that you solve. And so that people understand that you're different and you're unique and they understand your approach. And now you're helping people through this customer journey, not by giving them how to information, but by giving them perspective and yeah. thinking things differently so that yeah. now they're properly thinking about solving this problem because they weren't educated enough before, not in the how to do it, but in the how to think about solving it. Yeah. And there's something else that's popping in my mind. And that's the fact that too many people do this sales thing backwards, where mm -hmm. they spend all of this time building out this course and building out this, this product, and then they build the sales page to sell it. Whereas what we talk about so often is find out if there's interest, find out whether it solves the problem, the how the course itself, like you can build that after mm -hmm. you sell it. Right. Yep, exactly. So if you do it the other way around, and now you've got this sales page that lays out um, all of these detailed information about how you're going to do this. And one of those details happens to resonate with somebody and that's the reason they buy. And then you realize that that's just not feasible when you get into what's going on and you have to eliminate that detail from the program. You have just lost that one thing because you focused on, they're like, this isn't what I was promised, right? Whereas if you promise a solution, how you get to that solution doesn't matter. Right. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And that's what, and that's, what's going to make the, that, and that's also why content is so important. Publishing content that shows people that, that way of solving it or, or how, you know, your methodology and all that kind of stuff. So that by the time they get to that point, it's like, it's a no brainer for them. They understand, okay, this is what's going to happen and we're going to go through it. And so once we get to that point, now it's time for them to take action. And so now the action part, this is the part that goes really fast, right? Like yeah. this is seconds. Yeah. Second. <laughs> it's also like, now this is where we have to zoom out again, right? Like every touch point has a different action. And so God, this uh, sounds exhausting. <laughs> you know, it's funny because when we are justifying with our logic, right, when we're looking up statistics and we're, we're learning things, we hear these numbers, like it takes seven ad impressions for someone to blank. It takes, it takes 22 follow-ups for a, a lead to blank. And so what that gets misreceived by is, oh, well, if someone sees an ad seven times, they're going to buy something. 
That's not really true. And and take these numbers with a grain of salt, whatever. They're directionally accurate. It's the concept of it takes a lot of impressions for someone to even remember it, to even pay attention. And so how many times do you see a commercial before you even remember the commercial? And then once you see the commercial, you're like, oh yeah, I remember that commercial. What was it for again? Yeah. Like, And then once you remember, oh yeah, I remember that commercial and that was for uh, Kia. Well, I'm not going out to buy a Kia right now, right? <laughs> like, you know, it's, it's not, it's not how it works. It's every action that you put in needs to move them forward into the next step and understanding the stage of the relationship so that you're doing the right action at the right time. And so your initial communication with someone, whether it's cold outreach, whether you're doing advertising to people, um, to get in front get your content in front of them first, like that piece of content has to have the action of next step. So how are you taking that first step? What's your next breadcrumb? that people can take. And that's where you have to really map out your customer journey and understand like, okay, here's how we're going to take someone from a stranger to, <laughs> to a customer. All right, well, let's break the fourth wall here for the people who are watching. Amber just muted and sneezed. And then Rob, our, our production manager here, just in the, in the chat box says, bless you. So <laughs> that's the kind of stuff that happens on the live video show only guys. So if you're listening to the audio, make sure you tune into video also. This is the kind of behind the scenes stuff you get, um, which knocks me off course. Where was I? Oh, the right action at the right time. So that's what's so important about understanding your customer journey is what is it that you sell and how much, you know, what's the cost and, and co even the price point is still relative to the person, right? So like $1,000 to one person and $1,000 to another person are two very different things, right? If you sell to, you know, if you sell website services, $1,000 to a solopreneur who has zero clients and just started is a lot of money. A thousand dollars to a $10 million business is actually, they won't even read the proposal because they're like, there's something wrong here. It's only a thousand dollars. So understanding your price point, um, based on in relativity to your customer, um, and relative to the problem that you're solving, the bigger problem that you solve, the more that you can charge and the more value that you're adding. Right. And, and also positioning, we can get into posi positioning sales offers too, but it's like, how can I like, how could I sell a Ferrari for like $20,000 so that it's such a no brainer. Like everyone knows Ferraris are like super expensive, blah, blah, blah. There's brand new one and it is brand new. There's nothing wrong. And it's 20,000 bucks. It's a no brainer. Like you'd find $20,000 to buy a Ferrari, a brand new Ferrari for that. So how can you package your, your sales offer in that kind of way so that you're giving 10 times more value than what you're actually charging for. But Again, you still can't, you you know, you don't ask for the sale too soon. And so looking at, okay, we're selling a product that's a thousand dollars and it requires some, some education and understanding. So they know the value of it. We need to build, they need to be able to trust us immensely to take this risk with us um, because they're risking time and money um, and their reputation might be on the line if they do it. And we have to show them that confidence in themselves that if they get this, you know, do they have to do anything on their end that they might not be confident in yet? And understanding like how much equity do we need to put in the bank? How much education and understanding and perspective shifting has to happen so that someone wants to buy what we have. And now we can look at, okay, yeah, each one of those messages, each one of those concepts needs to be re needs to be put in front of them a few times. And, you know, so, you know, back to the stats, like, the, the commercials have to, have to be run a dozen times for someone to remember who, who the brand is. Then there's also the stats on like, it takes X amount of follow-up from a sales rep. And it's like, yeah, once you have a sales qualified meeting and you've had a discussion, they understand the value 
and they've come to a verbal agreement of, yes, I'm interested. We're still in decision-making mode. Now it takes 22 follow-ups to get that person signed, right? So like, it just takes a lot. And if you're not interested in doing the work of acquiring customers, then guess what? You should not be running a business, you know, exactly. like, <laughs> well, and, and we're going to do a whole nother episode on this as well, because we just can't dig into, we, yeah. we could talk forever about yeah. this. Like if anybody sits a fly on the wall for Todd and I's off air conversations, <laughs> like this is what they you are get. episodes in themselves. Yeah. But this is where what I do comes into play is in the action part, right? Because the bigger the problem is that you solve, the more excuses they're going to have for why they don't want to get out of their own way. And this is where the action part comes in. So, you know, you have the, here's the problem that I'm solving. Here's the amount that I'm able to charge for that because the bigger the problem, the bigger the solution. And that's great. But in this action section is also, yes, I'm in. And then they're off and all of a sudden, wait a second, like I, I would have to do this and this, and this is why it won't work. And you're like, hey, I thought that you said this was the solution. Like, do you want your problem solved or not? And those conversations of, do you want your problem solved or not in hopefully nicer terms than that? Um, <laughs> sometimes, sometimes not, because we all know you, you got to push and shove a little bit to get their attention. Um, but do you want your problem solved or not becomes a whole nother behavioral conversation. So when you're in that spot and you're in that action and all of a sudden they start to backpedal, you shouldn't always assume that they're not interested. You should assume that they need your product and service that much more yeah. because that problem is so deep rooted. Yeah, yeah, totally. So. All right, so if anybody's watching, listening, if this is stuff they're into and you wanna learn more, I do have a couple free resources. If you go to thegrowthsuite.com slash free, there is a marketing 101 guide um, that was repurposed from uh, a tweet chat. So it's all, it's a uh, 37 tweet sized tips, very quick read, very easy to use. And there's also a modern business guide that talks all about content strategy and customer journey stuff like we got into today. We'll break down each one of these topics in, in future episodes. And we got a couple other really great conversations queued up in the next couple of weeks. So guys, make sure you're subscribed on airbrands.com slash show or on your favorite podcast platform. And if you know anyone who is struggling because you see them constantly promoting their products, but they're not doing any equity building in the relationship with their target audience, please make sure you share this episode with them. It would mean the world to us and ask them to follow along because the more people we can help get this right, the less spam messages we're going to get in our inboxes. <laughs> and everybody, I mean, that just makes the world a better place. So help us make the world a better place. Exactly. Exactly. So thank you guys for tuning in. We will catch you next week on the next episode. Bye guys. Tune in 